Welcome to the Freedom Fridays podcast with me, your host, Pete Clark, the Whispers Guy. Work seems to expand to the time that we give it. And I've been investing my time, occasionally on a Friday, to explore how we use our time, our energy, our attention, and the impact it has on our identity. I've been exploring over season one, some of the mindset shifts in the handcuffs of I have to, to the freedom of I choose to. And I've shared some conversations, some tips, some tools about how you might want to invest your own time, your own energy, your own attention, how you might want to, if you choose to make some changes to your identity, how you might have freedom from I have to and design a life around I choose to. If that's of interest to you, then this is the podcast for you. In season two, I'm going to be exploring some experts and asking them what freedom means for them and trying to help people work to live and not live to work. Trying to help people add life to their years and not just years to their life. So let's dive on in and here's season two. Pete has enjoyed his recent chats with guests of the Freedom Fridays podcast and we are grateful for their time and expertise. We thought this would be a great time to recap some of the insights gained from these wonderful guests. This episode takes a look at our guests' answers to the question Pete uses to open each interview with. In terms of the work that each guest does, what should we be seeking freedom from? For the full list of guests featured in this episode, please see the show notes and links to their full episode for further details. We hope you enjoy this mid-season recap. First up, Pete chats with Dr. Christy Goodwin. Dr. Christy is one of Australia's leading digital wellbeing and performance experts. Christy is a researcher, author, speaker, and media commentator who provides science-backed solutions to optimise wellbeing and productivity in a digital world. I think I get goosebumps when I talk about this. I think... <laughs> Many of us, if we're really honest, are slaves to our screens. Um, we are tethered to technology, both professionally and personally. Um, you know, we salivate like Pavlov's dogs every time we get an alert or a notification or the ping of an email. You know, we cannot go, I call it going on holidays and going laptopless. You know, we still need to take our digital appendages with us. Research tells us 90% of people reach for their phone before their partner first thing in the morning. And 47% of us allegedly engage in a behaviour. I'm not going to look at you when I say this, Pete, but it's called toilet tweeting, using our oh. phone in the bathroom. So I think that indicates to me that many of us are slaves to the screen. And technology is wonderful. I'm not, you know, demonising technology at all, but technology is designed to be our servant, not our master. And I think if most of us critically examine the relationship we have with technology, we would acknowledge that it certainly plays an important role, but switching off, digitally disconnecting is really, really challenging, but it is so vital for our performance. So for me, if I was to say, what is freedom? Freedom is certainly using technology, but using it in ways that is 
congruent with our most basic human biological drivers. I often talk about our biological blueprint. And I say, you know, we're not machines. We're not designed to be plugged in, switched on, processing information all of the time. And so we have these, I call it out, a neurobiological blueprint, these human constraints that we all have to work within, but we're not. And so this is why I think technology is having a huge impact I think there's very few facets of our lives where, you know, technology is crept into every crevice of our lives and it's here to stay. So we've got to start to find healthy and helpful ways to use it um, because otherwise, as I said before, we will be that slave to the screen. Christy, well, you've triggered <laughs> many thoughts. Uh, I've got already uh, about seven or eight, 10 lines of what about this? What about this? Thank, thank you. That was a, that was a very interesting and triggering set of language. And the one that triggered me most was 90% of people reach for their phone in the morning before the partner. That's astonishing. Next up, we have Shane Michael Hatton, an experienced speaker, trainer, coach, and author who helps leaders communicate, connect, and collaborate more effectively in order to bring out the best in those they lead. I think, again, it's probably a very similar answer. It is as a set of rules that a person has been living by their entire life yep. that they either are unconsciously um, living out or playing to or consciously aware of those rules, but not really sure about how they can disconnect from that set of rules that they play to. So I think a lot of the conversations I have with people um, are helping them raise their awareness of this internal rule book that they're playing to in their life. And I, I go back and I think to when I first started my business, um, uh, someone said to me, they gave me probably one of the best pieces of advice. They said, figure out what game you're playing. And then when you figure out what game you're playing, you'll know what rules to play to. And when you know what rules to play to, it'll stop you from taking on really well-meaning, but bad advice. And that was such a helpful piece of insight for me. And so it's allowed me to become more aware of the rules that I'm playing to. So that it actually helps me to play the game that I'm playing a whole lot better. Um, now, I think I understand what you mean, but can I just check maybe for the listeners, yeah. what, what do you mean by the game that you're playing? I'm assuming you don't mean Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a very competitive board game person. And so um, I could I could mean Monopoly in one sense. Uh, I think the game that I'm playing could be a whole lot of different spheres of life. For me, it could be the business game that I'm playing. Like mm. it could be, how am I um, running my business? Um, as a, a solo entrepreneur, um, I play to a set of rules and that is a, that's the game that I play as opposed to someone who's potentially building a large business that they're scaling. Uh, it could mean the game that I play in terms of my own personal life and where I I feel like I'm supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Is it the, you know, married with two kids with a white picket fence? Like, is that <laughs> the game that I'm playing, uh, the game of life? Um, it could be the friendship game. Like, what kind of friendships do I want to have around me in my life? There's a whole bunch of these different games. And so they potentially all have very different set of rules that come with it. Now we have Karen Simmons. Karen is a complex change specialist, coach, facilitator, and founder of The Change Executive. With 30 years of experience, Karen has a deep understanding of what it takes to transform a business culture from the inside out. For me, it's about just being free to be who you are um, and, mm. and do that without harming others and um, being aware 
but just be as you are. Don't put don't put some don't put yourself down or or make yourself into something that others say you should be. I think that's my view on it. Come mm. as you are. Come as you are. Love that. Um, now, you know, given my background, that's we could have a you know a week's conversation about that, Karen. <laughs> I'm interested, first of all, what if who you are isn't who you want to be? Oh, that's a good question. I think who you are is who you want to be. I think who you want to be is more because someone else says you should be. Um, I mean, in terms of freedom to come as you are, mm. I want leaders, especially because I work with a lot of leaders in organisations, yeah. mm -hmm. and I want leaders to free themselves from who they think they should be to someone that they are. And, and, and I've just, I've witnessed so many people and so many teams with so much potential just not fulfill that potential because there's so much ego and insecurity mm. in the way. Mm. Could you make a distinction there? Because when I was thinking about, you know, what if you don't want to be who you are and you want to be someone different mm. in the world that we've existed, you know, in our careers, we've, we've been mm. trying to help and support people get better, you know, mm. better communicators, better able to deal with change, um, mm. whatever that means, you know, maximizing, optimizing our potential. Mm. And so for me, the logic therefore is, you know, who I am could be a bit better. Mm -hmm. So the, the, yep. the future me, you know, come as I could be <laughs> needs to be a bit different. So how, how do you, kind of make that distinction between what's the ego and the insecurity doing that's keeping us there versus how it could support a better version of ourselves yeah so there's, there's a lot in that so let's unpack that <laughs> let's unpack that a little bit at a time so cool. first of all if, if there is something you want to change about yourself I think that's the first thing you have to want to yeah um, so if you want to change something about yourself it's about identifying where you are now. Um, how do you know you're not already what you want to be? It's just yourself that's getting in the way. So first of all, identify what it is you want to change. Have a good look at where you are now and what you can practice to do differently. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is about self-reflection, practice, acquiring some new knowledge, looking at people who act, behave, talk the way you want to, and then really unpacking that and starting to develop a plan for yourself around what little things about yourself can I change every day? Um, and actually, I think most people are surprised that it isn't the big things. It isn't the, oh, I need to study for three years to become something else. Um, it's tweaks, it's improvements, it's continuous improvement in ourself. And even the best kind of coaches, yoga instructors, um, you know, mental health practitioners, all those people will all, always say it's a, a lifelong practice. Mm. Um, we, we're fundamentally a work in progress. And I think that's why, that's why I like the come as you are, because we're all a work in progress and we're all winging it. And none of us know for certain what's around the corner. So if we can just practice and be clear about what we want to be and who we want to be um, and just get out there and, and try something different. 
keep moving forward. Coming up, we have Gabrielle Dolan. Gabrielle, or Raoul as she is known, is a highly sought after keynote speaker, educator and author who has found her calling as a global thought leader in strategic storytelling and real communication. Freedom to me is always choice. That's what freedom to me is. Like even if you talk about financial freedom, it's um, it's about choice. And, and that to me is what true freedom is because there's a lot of people that don't have choice. They don't have choice in the job they do and, you know, based for a whole lot of reason. But freedom to me is choice. And um, I still remember really early on in my early 20s and I actually had any, I didn't even know whether I wanted to have kids or not. And I remember making financial decisions like um, superannuation. I remember at the age of 22, putting 17% of my pay in super, which is which is probably not the greatest financial decision. But I just, I always remember if I ever decide to have children, I want to have the choice of going back to work. I don't want to have to go back to work because I I can't afford not to. Um, and to me, that's what freedom's all about is choice. How would you, uh, there's loads of places we can go with that. I'm interested, first of all, given the world that we live in, there are so many choices. You could argue, you go to the supermarket and it's no longer you know, tea or coffee. It's a hundred different brands of tea, left, right, north, south. How do you, how do you help or reconcile when there's so many choices? Mm. I love the, um, you know, the the FOMO, the fear of missing out. I love yeah. that it sort of changed to JOMO, which was the joy of missing out. Oh, and okay. I think, I think because, and you're right, there's so many things you can do. Um, so I live, I live by the philosophy of just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it or you need to do it. So I think you need to to have freedom and around your choices and to me work-life balance and all that type of stuff is is getting good at saying no to things that you just don't, if it doesn't really excite you or energize you or you get something out of it, then the answer is no. You shouldn't be just doing things out of fear of missing out or doing things out of... um, you know, expectation that you should do it. So it's it's been really, I think, just really clear on that doesn't give me energy. So the answer to mm. that is no. Mm. Um, I introduced you as someone that I've, you know, having had a conversation behind the scenes, felt that was someone who was probably living the Freedom Fridays philosophy where you're, you take the, the school holidays off. Um, would you just give us a little bit of background to that and and you know, maybe in three parts, a little bit of background, how you came to that commitment and some of the challenges you've had on the way on keeping the commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Um, so Pete, look, I, I left my corporate job 17 years ago. So I worked at National Australia Bank. So I got the standard, you know, four weeks leave. I was working part, so, you know, when I left NAB, I, the, our kids were like two and five, so I was working part-time, so there was a little bit of um, freedom there, I guess, and had brilliant um, managers that allowed me pretty much to do and work as long as little as I wanted to. But when I left, I left and I started teaching people storytelling, it'd be fair to say that, um, you know, trying to sell storytelling into corporate 17 years ago, there wasn't it wasn't very popular back then. So I, I had quite a bit of time on my hands and yeah. um, which was fine. The kids were young, all good. That was good. And then as as 
as it started to go and as storytelling became really popular and it got to the point where my husband wanted to leave his corporate job and I remember thinking, okay, I need to take this quite seriously. I need to be earning now as much money for him to feel comfortable leaving because, you know, he had fully supported me when I left the corporate role. And so I, I did, and I, I literally quadrupled the salary, which means I quadrupled my work. And I had a year that I was working a lot and traveling a lot. And it got to the point where I thought, this is good, but not sustainable. And this is not, not how I envisage, envisage what a successful business and life would look like. Mm. So I think after I got to the point where I financially, we were okay, we were good. And I I think in my, because there was so much work coming in from the business, you sort of get over that thing of what if no one buys my buys me ever again. And that stays for quite a few years. So I guess, (laughs) I guess I had the confidence to say, you know what, I think I can just draw a few lines in the sand. And Mm. some of those things, and I started with not working school holidays. Next up, we have Connor O'Malley, an executive coach for leaders who want to learn and be more effective leaders of their business, their team, and in society. Connor is also the author of Trust, Begins and Ends with Self, and the creator of the life and coaching philosophy, Observe, Choose, Act. Freedom for me in this context is in two two domains, Pete. Mm -hmm. One is, uh, I'll say, an internal freedom is is how do we free ourselves to uh, potentially do our best work? How do we free ourselves to be our best self? How do we free ourselves to be the best person and partner, father, husband, the friend that, that we can be? So there's an internal freedom, which then potentially gives us an external freedom, which is the way in which we do things. And, you know, you mentioned looking at my profile and you, you'll know that I bring this distinction to the world, again, through my learning and standing on the shoulders of others and my learning um, of our way of being and our way of doing. And as soon as I heard the notion of, you know, freedom, uh, it, um, it brings that, that distinction of being and doing. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm already assuming this could go on for quite a while. <laughs> this is, you know, this is both in our sweet spots here. Let, let me start by, when did you come to this conclusion? Very good question. When did I first learn about the notion of way of being? was which i know is not the uh, i'm not trying to do that now the question you meant to ask pete was i'm not gonna i will answer your question i will answer your question um but i feel it needs a wee bit of context um which is in uh 2017 i left the executive world of corporate leadership essentially in the supply chain to move into the world of coaching and through that i came across a, a particular philosophy of coaching of which was around our way of being and there's a core learning that i kind of uh, was privileged to 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 um, to learn through but in answer to your question i now make a slightly different distinction myself through my experience of not only that learning journey but also my coaching and my life journey now between way of being and way of doing so when did I actually make this distinction? 
uh, maybe 12 months ago after I, after I wrote my uh, after I wrote my book. But even in my book, it still is, I'll say, more of a theoretical distinction of this philosophy of coaching called ontology. And I would say now, which is why I guess I'm doing my second edition of the book, because I feel it needs tweaking to now my distinction of what is way of being and way of doing, which is internal freedom and external freedom, using the language of earlier on. Hmm. So maybe a year. To finish off with, we have Helena Clayton, a leadership development coach, consultant and facilitator based in the UK. Having started her career in a series of strategic and operational HR roles, Helena has experienced firsthand the vast impact that poor and exceptional leadership can make on an organisation and its people. I think freedom is two things in that work. Um, I think in my coaching, it's well, perhaps across the piece, I think it's about helping people see that they, that they have choices and options more than they know or more than they think or feel they do. Uh, so I think it's the freedom comes from just inviting people to see a much wider range of options and possibilities. Mm-hmm. And that also includes not just options to act, but new ways of seeing things seeing the world, seeing their beliefs, seeing themselves. So I think freedom from stuck wa- stuck ways or limited ways, uh, yep. narrow ways of seeing things. And also, and this is it becoming increasingly important to me, and I'm not entirely sure I have the words for it, but something about, um, I have a, a sense that many of us, not all, um, have ended up living rather dry lives perhaps small um, or shades of grey. And clearly this isn't true for everybody. Um, And I think that there is something about, um, and that is a stuckness. And I think freedom is also about um, helping people live lives, construct live lives that are full of um, richness, that are technicolour, not shades of grey that are multi-stranded multi-coloured and that includes um, uh, having a life that nourishes us that we feel fully alive in and uh, where you know feelings or emotions like aliveness or joy or love these are really um, front and centre I have a colleague um, who is from the corporate world and she uh, she said recently, she has chosen to put joy at the centre of her life and things are completely different as a result. And you know that I do some work exploring love. And so there is something for me about if we put love at the centre of our life, then what, well, for this podcast, what kind of freedoms might there be? What might be possible? What other choices might be there? So, so bit of a long waffly answer but that's no. where your Helena, takes me. That, that, I, we, chat, we chatted a little bit about what we started and and what what continues to fascinate me and inspire me is when I have a guest like you uh, and I've done about 50 out of these and I tell them my style which is I'm just going to ask one question and we'll take it from there and I've never ever been disappointed or left with what am I going to talk about now because how you've answered that there's probably five or six conversations we could have just in some of the things that you mentioned and 
I'm going to have to think carefully because there's many things I want to pick up on. I'm going to have to think carefully about where we start. Um, but thank you. That's a, that's a great introduction to freedom from all of those previously held constraints. And I love the freedom from shades of grey. Mm, well, and, and what's come up for me hearing you talk there is there's a really strong image. When I coach people and hear, for example, if I make an amalgam of many, many of my coaching clients who start work at seven in the morning, they finish at uh, seven at night, they spend two hours with their kids, then they go back online to finish off their work. Yeah. Um, and when I say something like, how do you feel about that? They kind of say, oh, that's not okay. And when I gently sort of explore, so what might you want to, be different the sense of fear or terror of actually um changing anything in those structures feels to me like such a prison you know so i i just have this sense as we're talking about we put ourselves in cages of our own making sometimes yeah. um so there's something about freedom it's like how do we help people find a key to i don't know open the door yeah <laughs> like and I think the irony is the door's probably already unlocked. Right. But we right. just don't know it. Yeah. 